firepower have topped the customer satisfaction table again, winning CanStar Blue's most satisfied customer award for six of the last seven years. With five-star reviews in every category, why would you buy your tyres anywhere else? Visit tyrepower.com.au. Well, thanks to Gun Buyer World. Jordan Lewis and Cam Luke are driving you home. Bob and Andy back Monday. Gun Buyer World's going to be... Uh, I tell you what, it was going to be blasting. It's going to be hot, but Bob and Andy are going to be there next uh, next Friday. So cannot wait for that. Now, just quickly, Nathan Burke about to join us. Sam Landsberger from the Herald Suns just dropped a little uh, article that the Big Bash next year is set to introduce a draft. So we'll talk a little bit about that in around 15 minutes' time. You can get involved anytime you like, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. But right now, Nathan Burke, as we get closer to the AFLW season, we can't wait for it. Coach of the Bulldogs, welcome back to SCN, mate. G'day, Cam. How are you, mate? Uh, Jordan, how are you? I, I was just actually talking to Bob 10 seconds ago. He's, he's a bit under the weather. He had the old uh, wisdom teeth out, but uh, he said you blokes are doing an okay job. He didn't want to wrap you up too much. Well, so you're doing okay. Well, based on that, well, what type of job does he do around the club? I know he's heavily involved with uh, with your team. And what type is he? Yep. Like, good, okay, great, just. Talk to us about Bob's uh, non-SEN work. Yeah, look, there's good and bad. Um, the, the good part is that uh, yeah, it's just wonderful to have a bloke like him around the club. The girls just absolutely love it with his you know, his knowledge and what he shares. But uh, he also runs now our leadership group. So I hand the leadership group over to Bob. So he, he looks after that for me. And uh, that's all wonderful. The bad thing is that He's a runner, but he is a tad unreliable. The old man's <laughs> calves broke on him last year. Yes. And uh, I'm not sure he's done a huge pre-season to actually correct that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned that I, I have organised a backup runner just in case. Well, it's always a worry when your calves are yeah. as big as your quads. <laughs> yeah, which is, which is his case. But usually when you get your wisdom teeth out too, your face blows up. Has his face blown up? He, he's got the uh, designer stubble. He'd say it's oh, yeah. like that, you know, the, the, the scruff sort of look. But he, he's got a bit of that going on at the moment. But um, no, but he, he, I must commend him. He, he has turned up for training, so that's a, that's a good thing. All right, mate, how's it all tracking? Of course, so much has changed in sport in the 12 months you've had this job, and as we head towards uh, your second season in control in a different pre-season, COVID protocols, restrictions, all the rest of it. How are you finding it? Yeah, look, uh, on a personal level, I'm still loving it. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's just uh, amazing to be involved with such a yeah, wonderful group of uh, young women. But uh, it has been been strange. We've uh, started off with groups of 10 that can't cross over. And we, we're still yet to have a team meeting with all 30 players in the one room together. And we play in seven days' time. Um, that's how difficult it is. We're only allowed to have one session a week with all the group together out on the Oval, and that's just changed a little bit recently. But as conditions change, we go backwards and forwards, big groups, small groups. We're only allowed to have groups of 20. So, look, it's been it's been a, a juggling juggling act, absolutely, but yeah, it, it's just the way it, it, yeah. it is and the way the world's been the last 12 months. So if you don't cope with that, well, then you're really going to struggle. So every team's been in the same boat. And uh, it's been unusual, but, yeah, really looking forward to some, hopefully some normality when the games start next week. How much have you had to change what you would have done? Like, like I, I get when you've got smaller groups, so are you still doing similar things with smaller groups? Or you've had to totally evolve into something totally different to make sure that this particular group can fit in with that other group when they, when they get together? Like, are, are you doing things totally different? Are you just doing the same things in, in smaller doses? Uh, no, it, it is different. Um, 
So basically the easiest way to divide plays up is sort of backs, forwards and mids. And uh, you work on a couple of things, but then you realise that there's a lot of the, the mids that are going to play forward mm-hmm. and a lot of the you know, backs that can do, the key backs can go backwards and forwards as well. So juggling the groups around to, just to make sure that everybody um, needs to know what they need to know, uh, that's been a bit of a, a tough aspect of it. And then you've got the the way the whole team's going to play as well thrown in there as well. And I think the way that AFLW is uh, sort of evolving, that uh, as the skills improve with the players coming through, we're, la- we're, we're able to do more game plan-wise and strategic-wise. Um, so it's, <laughs> it's the, the want to do more, but the ability to not get ahead of ourselves and make sure that we've still got the basics covered. So you've had a, uh, had a chance to, to um, see the girls in a few practice matches. Now, what, have you liked what you've seen? Have you, what have you implemented over the pre-season that may have been different to previous years? And do they look ready for a big year? Um, uh, hopefully they're ready for a big year. Uh, <laughs> look, we've played one practice match. So we played Richmond uh, last weekend. We got off to a slow start, but after quarter time, we sort of got uh, our act together, which was good. Um, you, you've got to recognise that because there was no VFLW season mm, last year, uh, it's been 11 months since they played a game of football. And uh, we've got round one next week, and so they would have played one game in 11 months, and our under-18s even played before that. So some of them are sort of 12, 13, 14 months before they played games. So they're a little bit rusty, and they're going to be a little bit rusty next week. There's no doubt about that. They'll work into the season. But um, for us, we've, we've got a... A very young side. Um, I think I've drafted 16 players in and only two of them have been over the age of 20. So um, it's it's about learning, learning how to play the game. The, the football IQ side of things is really important that we, that we get across. So all of those little things as well as just your basic fundamentals of being able to kick and catch and run and do all that sort of stuff, uh, the, the improvement options are, are endless, but we've just got to make sure that we... Sort of don't heap too much on them, at t- uh, at too much of a, you know, too quickly. Obviously, in, in that situation with such a young group, and you talk about development and growing together and, and having that longer-term focus, is that a conversation you had with the club? Because any time you're a, you're a professional or semi-professional coach and, and anything, and there's always pressure, if, if the results don't go your way, there's always a little bit of talk that maybe there should be a change. Is that a conversation you had with the club where you say, look, we're going really young to build for the future, not necessarily to have a decent crack at a premiership this year? Yeah, that that sort of process or decision has to be a, a club decision. Yep. Um, basically, I'd be setting myself up for mm. failure if I didn't do it. And the and probably the the man who's probably going to fail the most is the is the list manager. It's his job to put the actual list together and and recruit players. So we've got like a, a three four year strategy where we'll go young last year and this year. That's going to enable us to maybe you know be a little bit creative with our first pick next year. And uh, can we get in a a ready-made player that's going to make a, a big impact straight away. That's sort of the, the the stuff you sit down and talk with with Chris Grant, who's the, the head of football, and he takes that up to meet Baines and the board, and they tick all that off. And, uh, yeah, so we're, it's a, very much a, a whole club strategy. So, Berkey, looking uh, ahead to next week, round one, you play St Kilda. Your daughter, Alice, mm-hmm. was drafted, father-daughter uh, to the Saints. I suppose first question is, 
she'll pull on the number three. Was that a conversation that you and her had together? And was she pretty adamant that she wanted to wear her dad's number at the club that he played over 300 games for? And, and two, do you, do you tag her out of the game? Or do you, you sort of hope she has a bad game but the team loses? Um, yeah, probably that latter one. <laughs> um, no, look, uh, when, when they first, uh, Jamie Cox hinted that, uh, hey, Alice, we're, we're going to use your father-daughter and and they, they put it to her. Do you want to wear the number three? And there absolutely no no pressure from me. It was, uh, do you want to forge your own number or do you want to carry it on? What do you want to do? And she she thought long and hard about it. And in the end, she said, look, I'll, I'll take the, the number three. But the, the other thing that, <laughs> it, it sounds funny, hasn't been reported too much, but the, the original number three was a, a lady named Emma Mackey. And uh, Emma wore that for the first season with the Saints. And Emma, in her own right, is a, outstanding sportswoman who's represented Australia in, in road cycling and, and multiple sports. And uh, we sort of said, you know, Emma's a, a wonderful role model to follow as well. So uh, it's not just everyone will talk about, you know, the birth number three, but, uh, you know, carrying on what Emma's been able to do as a sportswoman as well is uh, something that she's, she's pretty proud of. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful season and a wonderful night, of course, for, for the entire Burke family. Before we let you go, mate, uh, before you were with the dogs, of course, match review panel and all the rest of it, uh, I think you might have rubbed out my man here, Louis, a couple of times. Do you ever have those awkward situations? Because it is such a I'll probably close... rub that myself. Yeah, well, that's true. He just, <laughs> he he just, just, he just rubber stamped it. <laughs> Does it come up often in the, in the small football community that you might have been a part of someone where, uh, yet again, as Louis just said, they did something stupid, but you had to give them the one or two two weeks um it doesn't to be honest um yeah no no it doesn't no one's sorry coming if they're dirty about it uh they, they tend to be dirty at the afl rather than sort of the individuals and that sort of thing but um no i think uh, i don't think we got louis for anything major it was sort of just little little annoying things right, he right. used to do and yep. get himself in trouble for he probably cost himself more money than we <laughs> <laughs> my wife quite regularly reminds me of that <laughs> hey mate good luck obviously such a such a weird world in which we live in and when you've got one training session a week and you've got small groups it does complicate things a little bit but no doubt this Western Bulldogs crew are going to be ready to go next week against uh, your old mob and family links in the Saints good luck not just for round one but for the season and we'll talk again soon yeah, thanks, boys. Love to chat any time.